I am here in great power, says the Lord. Trust in my word. Know that I'm a God of great, great power. Plans that will cause victory in your life. If you will look to me today and you will lay upon my word your heart full of confidence and courage in me. I will prove myself mighty, says the Lord. I will make a way where there is no way. I am a God who will lead you and guide your every step, but you must look in my word. Trust in my ways. Your ways have led towards division. Your ways have led towards confusion. But I am a God of great power and my instruction will lead you to victory. I call you to the top of the mountain. Trust in me today. Wow. Mm. Away my sin, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can, can make me whole again? Oh, precious. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. No other fountain. Nothing but the blood. Of Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 4, verse 46. Wonderful move of the Spirit in this house this morning. As we look to the Word of God, we look to a message entitled, Believe It to See It. And I believe the Lord is is in this 2020 vision focus that we have uh, for our church this year. So we're moving to the end of February. Since January 1st, the first Sunday in January, we've been talking about focus. Focus on the things God loves. Thank you, Peggy, for the great testimony of what God did this week in Shalom said it's just about doing something rather than doing nothing it's easy sometimes to not realize the power that God uses in our lives just one person one kind little gift one little service that someone can touch their lives and change them forever so thankful John chapter 4 verse 46 so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee. If you remember, Cana was where the very first recorded miracle of Jesus took place. It's where he turned at a wedding, a festive celebration. There in Cana, he turned the water into wine. His mother had come to him and said, there's nothing else for the guests. There's no, there's no refreshment for the guests. 
And the first miracle was turning water into wine. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman of the royal guard, worked for King Herod of Antipas, whose son was sick at Capernaum, about two and a half hours away. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him. That word, if you study that, means he begged him over and over again, consistently just implored him, just went after him, just was bugging him. Implored him to come down to his house. Actual scripture there refers to him coming down to his house to heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down to my house before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. And went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed then and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Lord, we ask your blessings on the word of God that this preacher will get out of the way, that the message, the word, the challenge that you would speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Let that be what takes center, center stage in this moment where we look in your word. We thank you, Lord, for lives transformed and changed. And if anyone here today does not have right relationship with you, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that there be no hindrance, no obstacle to them coming to that wonderful place of decision, making you Lord of their lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. Miracles. Miracles. We love miracles. We, we want to see miracles. In these last days, we talk a lot about, well, where are the miracles? You know, I see them on a regular basis. I don't really know where people come from when they say, well, there are no miracles in the church. I literally keep a miracle board at my house where I keep score on how many times the Lord answers prayers supernaturally. And we've seen many, many, many times when the Lord has done just that. But we are a people who are curious, kind of amazed at the miracles, the, the idea of miracle preachers and faith healers. And we travel after them. They make movies about them. There's all kinds of celebrities in the Christian world that have this gift of healing that, you know, they, they, they propagate. And, and not to say that they don't aren't used of the Lord in that, but there's just this curiosity about miracles. People come, Jesus was right. People seek a sign. People want to see a sign. 
Miracles were an important part of Jesus' ministry, but it was not meant to ever be heaven's sideshow. It was never meant to be something that heaven puts on display so that the whole world can think of Jesus or God in terms of a genie in a lamp or, or, or a magic act or putting on a sideshow or a big circus for the world to see. It was never meant to be that. It was something much richer and deeper, something more treasurable than any of that. When we see a miracle, it's literally pointing to the fact. It's testifying to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When we see a miracle, it's only for one reason or one purpose. If it's not going to glorify God and point people to Him, then it's, there's, no, there's no real use for it, to be honest. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where all of us will come to a place where we'll live, we live and we die. We'll all come to that place. I, I hate to tell you this, but unless the Lord tarries, his coming, that every one of us are going to come to a place where we take that last breath. But I know that I know I have experienced in my own life this lordship of Jesus Christ. So I know by faith that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I close my eyes in this world, I will open them immediately to heaven and to all that he's promised. The purpose of miracles are all meant to be a testifier, a, a, a testimonial, if you will, of a greater sign than just the miracle, a mightier wonder is that Jesus is God, that he's Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's God with us. It's a wonderful message to the entire world. Somebody says, well, does God care? Of course he cares. He sent his son to be one of us. He sent his son to come down and become one of us, live among us, and sacrifice himself for us so that we could know him as Savior and be reconciled to him. It's so easy to look at the signs, though, isn't it? It's easy to look at the miracles and seek after those things and miss the point altogether. The point that the miracles are only there to remind us, to show us, just like communion. Earlier I explained that communion, Jesus set it up masterfully to over 2,000 years ago. He set it up that night. Here he had all this on his mind. He knew the mission. He knew he was going to be sacrificed. He knew he was going to, to be beaten and crucified he knew he was going to pay the price with his life for all sin for all mankind from the beginning to the very end of time he would be carrying the tornado of of iniquity that would wrap around that cross that day no wonder the sky was blackened and the storm raged all around no wonder there was so much darkness around the cross he carried your sin my sin the weight of the entire world, and he knew all that, but in the process of, of preparing himself for that, he literally took a few moments to break a little bread and to pick up a cup because he wanted to give those disciples and you and I something that we would never forget. And that was that all of it the mission of the gospel, the mission of the cross 
was God saying he loved us. It was God saying he cared. Don't listen to the propagation. Don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the talking points of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God cares. God loves. And it's all God. Salvation can't come through your goodness. I know you're good. I know you're perfect. I know you don't have faults. I realize that. We all know you. But you can't save yourself. You can't fix yourself. You can't heal yourself. And you can't be good enough to walk through gates of pearl and live in an eternal holy heaven all by yourself. Jesus knew we'd, be, we'd need to be reminded of that because I've seen it. I've seen it happen in the church world. I've been in the church for a few years and I have been, you know, close to people who have been godly people, people who have been good, good Christian people. But I've seen a lot of times people that start to get this idea that they're holy in themselves, righteous on their own good enough why they even get to the point where they don't need a preacher they don't need a pastor they don't need preaching on Sunday they they'll, they'll sit out in the parking lot they'll sit out in the lobby they'll sit down there and drink coffee they, they don't need to come into the service they know all they need they got it all together they they have it all worked out I'm about as holy as I can possibly be and they ain't a man a woman they ain't a class they ain't a ministry nothing can, can minister to me. At the, I'm at the point where I'm just about perfect. Yeah. But you know, we meet these people who are holier than thou, and thou, and thou, and thou, and thou, and you, and me. People that live out these, this idea in their head that somehow they've arrived, somehow they, they've, they've come into their own, they, they've realized in the, the way how to walk and how to talk. and They've become religious, all right, but not righteous on their own. Not righteous. We understand and know Jesus gave us this beauty, this masterful example through the cup, through the bread. He said, as often as you drink this cup and you eat this bread, remember that it was me. I did this for you, and I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way to the end of the age. I will always be through me. You can do all things through me. You can conquer any trouble, trial. The world itself will come against you, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world, and through me, you will triumph, and you will win, and when it's all said and done, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and even prepare that place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He's worked it out. And in the process of, of believing, trusting, understanding, he gives us miracles. 
He gives us miracles. Miracles. Unexplained. It's not the norm. The norm is you get sick, you die. The norm is you fall into trouble, you lose. But miracles. Miracles come along and change everything. Amen. Miracles, signs, wonders. You know, signs are important in the world, right? I mean, we need them. We, we've just ordered some signs for the church because some of you don't know where the bathroom is, and so we've got to help you. <laughs> baños, baños. <laughs> signs are important on the roads. They're important in life. They, but signs in and of themselves, when I see a sign, I'm not, I don't stop at that sign and say, I'm here, unless it says welcome to. But most of the time, signs are leading me, directing me, guiding me. They're, they're helping me get to where I want to go. Signs and wonders, they're there to testify that Jesus is Lord, that he's God, that he's with us, that he cares for us, that he loves us. Signs are there to show the world. Miracles are there only for one purpose. They're not there to give you a good ministry. They're not there to give you a good name, to put your name in lights and sell books. It's not there for you to make records. It's not there for you to have a glorious life in any way rep with a reputation that you've done this. That's why I have problems with people who lay claim to the gifts of the Spirit and run buses and run videotapes and print out books on their their gift and how that God is just I guess given that to them uh, the way I understand it the Holy Spirit is the one who gives gifts and the Holy Spirit is the one that ministers through people severally as he wills he literally moves around the earth and if if someone is needed in a healing he doesn't have to run across the country and grab somebody who took that gift and run them all over there they don't have to go anywhere as a matter of fact he can anoint any Anybody. He can anoint a child to bring healing into a situation. He is amazing and marvelous. He, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, they're not meant to glorify man. They're not meant to glorify you. They're not meant to lift you up. They're meant to lift him up. They're meant to lift up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. Three simple words that change this man's life. That gave us this beautiful illustration, the story. Simple in the words there in verse 50, it said, Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. And those words were so powerful. Those words spoke so sharply. Those words penetrated down into his soul so deep that the Bible says, so the man believed. So the man believed. That changed everything. And let me just clue you in on something. If you will just believe this morning, if you'll believe, it'll change your whole life. Your marriage will be put back together. Your kids will come home. Your situation on the job will change. Your neighborhood will change. Everything about your life will change the moment that you 
believe and you know that you know he's the real son of the living God. Those same three words will change every woman, every man, every boy and girl in this house. I believe. Do you believe this morning? I believe that he is. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, they were not to point to an evangelist. They were not to point to a celebrity or a star. They were meant to point to the heavens and let us know once again that all of our salvation, all of our existence, all of our good days, our bad days, all those days come together under the banner of God's love for my life. The Bible is clear to point out all these miracles. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Signs, miracles, wonders, They're not there for ministries. They're there to show us the way, the truth, the life. They're there to show us Christ, to show us his love, his power. Let me ask a question. Is seeing really believing or is believing really seeing? You won't have to think about it for a minute. Now, didn't he just say the same thing? No. Is seeing really believing or is believing really seeing? We hear people say it all the time. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. I've seen you smart alecks many times in my life. Well, the old pastor, yeah, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Somebody asked me again the other day, why is it whenever you're talking about a disgruntled member, you talk Kentucky? What what do you do that for? It's my Tennessee upbringing, it must be. Seeing is believing. We hear that all the time. But listen, that's not the way God works. That's not the way God works. That's not the way faith works. That's not the way it works. The Bible literally puts it to us in an exactly opposite way. He says the word all through the word from the Old Testament to the New Testament says over and over and over again, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. Walk in what you believe. Know that you have to believe it and when you believe it, you'll see it. You'll see it. Do you remember at the resurrection of Jesus when Jesus appeared to his disciples? All of them were there. He showed himself to everybody. There was just one disciple that was missing that day. You remember? His name was Doubting Thomas. Why would you call him doubting for? He gets this bad rap all the time. You know, how would you have acted that day? You don't know. You might have been a little bit of a problem for him. But he hadn't seen it for himself. He wanted to see for himself. He didn't just believe the word that somebody else gave him. He would bought into the new millennial generation where everything has to be factual. Everything has to be evidenced. Everything has to be out on the table. I have to see it, then I'll believe it. As a matter of fact, he said those words, John Chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Wow. So eight days later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. 
Jesus, I love this, Jesus decided to come through the wall, through the door. I mean, I would do that too. Jesus is so cool. I mean, he's just like, oh, did you hear Thomas is there? Well, I'm going to show him. So he just walks right through the door. You know, stands there in the middle of the room, and it says, Thomas was with him. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace. <laughs> now, he may have said peace to you, but I like to see him go walking in and just going, peace. Because Jesus is cool like that. Peace. Peace, bros. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. How many of you know the Lord knows your thoughts? He knows what you say in secret. He knows what you say in your heart and mind. He knows all things about you. Hey, Thomas, put your finger right here. Put your finger here. Put, run your hand over my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered him and said to him, can you even imagine in that moment how Thomas felt? He said, my Lord, my Lord, and my God. Oh, how many times in my life have I come to a place where I doubted or I was discouraged or I was in a low place, but he showed himself to me. He didn't care that I was having trouble believing. He didn't care that I was having a bad day or I was going through a bad way. He just he showed himself powerful and mighty. I'm so thankful for the love of God and the power of God, the mercy of God. Don't buy into the lies this world tells you. He's went over and beyond, I don't know how many times, just to show me his love, his compassion, and his care. And how how many times have I had to stand there and go, oh my goodness, that's you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My Lord, my God, showing up one more time. He's been there, Marty. I don't know how many times he's proven himself. How many times I've been in a place where I've been in awe of the glory of the Lord that stood right in front of me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't have any of the things that, that maybe would require it. You would think that I would, would, would gain it or earn it. But I stood there in his mercy. I stood there in his grace. And he shows himself powerful and mighty on my behalf. You know what? He's waiting today to show himself to anybody who will say I believe if we'll just get that down inside of us I don't have to see it I don't have to have the evidence in front of me I don't have to have all the knowledge in all the world scientists telling me that I only need one thing Lord I believe I believe I believe and in that when that happens inside, you see, that's the difference between you and me and the whole world. When we get to the place where faith is ignited in our spirit, that's why churches are packed. That's why you've come out on a Sunday morning. That's why you're sitting in this building week after week and year after year. That's why you serve. That's why you go, why you do the ministry that you do. That's why you teach your class because you know and it's been revealed to you that when you believe, you walk into a supernatural place where heaven opens up. The gates of glory begin to shine down on your life and everything changes. You can't know it until you believe. Well, if he'll just do a magic trick, 
front of me. If he'll just do something for me. You know what God says? God says, peace. <laughs> he says, I don't have to do that. When you woke up this morning, the sun was right where I said it would be. 24 hours later, it's down on the other side like I said it would be. Your earth is floating around on nothing, pinned on nothing. It turns just right so in the wintertime you get a beautiful little snow-covered Christmas and in the summertime you get a little tan and a little color in your face. I turn it all. I own it all. I feed the the birds in the air. As a matter of fact, I keep account of all the hairs you're losing every single day. And for some of them, that keeps God pretty busy. We've got that going on. We know and understand. He says, I have done, I've given you life. I've given you a heartbeat in your body. I've given you this ability to love and to nurture and to reproduce and to make these beautiful babies. I have given you all the mountains and the oceans and the seas and the boundaries that hold you safe in the cradle of my creation. And you dare to want to look at me and say, put on a magic show? God says, believe. Look around and just believe. And if you'll believe, then he'll open up heaven and show you more than you ever dreamed what's possible. There is so much to be shown, so much glory to be experienced, but it cannot be laid on a table and displayed for the whole world to just mock and make fun. God is bigger and better than that. He doesn't have to put on a show for you or you and I. Not going to believe it till I see it. Well, good luck. God honors the kind of faith that believes without seeing, that trusts, that trusts. This gentleman had gotten to that place. He had literally, he started out in a panic. He was desperate. He was a nobleman. He, he was someone who worked in King Herod's court. He probably no doubt heard the mockery and the people making fun in the palace. They were, it was a joke. Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? Have you heard the latest? These blind people are getting healed. Lame people walking. What's he doing? What kind of magic is he doing? This nobleman had heard, it says, about Jesus. Had heard about Jesus. And when it came to when his own son was laying at death's, in his deathbed, right at death's door. And he had all the money he needed. He wasn't about that. He had all the position and glory anybody could want in life. So he'd surely already been to all the doctors. He'd already been to the hospitals. He'd been everywhere to all the specialists and nothing was better. And his son was dying literally in front of him. And he loved his boy. We see this as we look at the way that he describes him. When you study the Greek and the Hebrew behind the wording that's used in this passage of Scripture, several times it changes from he was a child to he was my son to he was my baby. He was my precious baby he loved this boy he loved the son with all of his heart 
He wanted nothing more than for this boy to be healed. He, he, he didn't know what to do. No doctors could help him. He had nowhere else to go. But it says he had heard about Jesus. Let me tell you, there are people on the streets. There's people in your family. There's people at your workplace all over the place. And all of them have heard about Jesus. They hear about him all the time. They're looking for somebody who can get them to the truth. Looking for somebody who can show them where he is and what's going going on. How can I get to Jesus? I don't know how he found his way, but somehow he found right there in the middle of Judea and Galilee coming into Cana, he found the Lord coming right up the road. And as he did, he went to him and it says he was desperate. He was begging. He was imploring the Lord, please come down to my house. Please come my, my son, my baby, my precious boy. He's dying. He's dying. And I need you, Lord, Jesus, would you? He called him, sir. He said, sir, would you please come down to my house? You see, he hadn't yet understood or knew who Jesus really was. He just thought he was some kind of magical doctor. He just thought he was some kind of guru that had ideas about medical things that nobody else could figure out. He thought he had it all figured out. He didn't know everything, but he knew this. If he could just get that guy down to his house before his son died. You see, he had no idea who he really was because he was, he was considering him as a, a short-range witch doctor. He had no idea who Jesus really was. But he's, he started to figure it out. He started to figure it out as you look through that scripture. It says, when he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went into him and implored him to come down to his house and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. You see, Jesus was setting the groundwork, the foundation for what we need, what he needed, what everybody around him needed, and that was that we gotta have the foundation of faith laid correctly. It was not about the miracle. It was not about the sign or the wonder. As a matter of fact, the Lord had something much bigger planned in this situation than just healing his son. You say, what could be bigger than healing his son? There was, there was something bigger that Jesus was looking at in this situation. He said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down to my house before my child dies. He's already got it figured out. He, number one, he's a sir. He doesn't know he's a Lord. And number two, he says, come down to my house. Like Jesus has got to go running to do a house call. He don't have to go down to nobody's house. All we know in every area of ministry is that all Jesus need to do is say, peace, be still. All he's got to do is just say, be healed. All he's got to do is just speak the word, and it's done. All throughout scripture, he speaks the word, and the healing, the miracle, the sign, the wonder takes place right there. He, he didn't know about the power that Jesus had. He didn't yet understand who he really was. And then to top it all off, he says, before he dies. But what? He really has no clue. How many of you know death is not a deterrent? It's not a barrier. It's not an obstacle. It's not a problem for Jesus. He was under the assumption that he's a, a sir, some kind of witch doctor. He's got to get on the way and come all the way down to his house in order to heal his son who is dying, and you better get there before he dies. Well, he had no idea who he was talking to. 
Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. When he spoke that word, he spoke in power. I believe he spoke in such a power that, like I said, that, that man knew in that moment that something had taken place. It says, and he believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. So when he went from, sir, come to my house, before he dies, he suddenly is changed in a moment when Jesus spoke to him. When Jesus speaks to you, when he finds that, that, that beautiful broken place inside you and he begins to reveal to you who he is, I just wonder, I'd love to go back and look at the videotape on that day. I wonder if Jesus looked at him where, right in his eyes for just a few minutes before he spoke. I wonder, Cindy, if he looked right into his heart and all of a sudden that man saw those eyes as a flame of fire. I wonder if he saw something in there that just began to speak to his spirit and he began to melt under the power of God, under the conviction of the spirit of God that would have been all around Jesus wherever he was. In that moment when Jesus said, go your way, I bet he waited for a second, looked at him real good and said, your son lives. And in that moment, everything dropped and changed inside. He became flush. He began to sweat. He stood there and he received what Jesus said to him. And it says he believed. Now listen, we're talking about him who was panicked a few seconds ago. He was desperate a few minutes ago. Now all of a sudden he's calm. And it says he believed the words that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. It's a totally different person. That's not the same person. It's a different person. But now we get to, and I've got to go. Gary, Gary help me. I'll land the plane real nice with soft instrumental music. It'll help me. And as he was going down, he believed the word of the Lord. He, he believed what happened. He had heard who Jesus was. He, whether he was a witch doctor or medical doctor that was just extraordinaire he wasn't sure about all that now, I don't know what all this was about you people need signs and wonders otherwise you won't believe he didn't understand all that either why Jesus made that big speech he believed what he said sometimes all you got Scott is just you believe what he said that's all you got that's the foundation of faith and if you'll just believe it, then you see it. He's walking home. He's headed down the path. As he gets down the road just a little ways, he sees his household servants running to him, smiling, cheering. Get up close. I don't know what they called him. I was going to say, Master, Master, but that just sounds so terrible, politically incorrect. Sir, sir, boss, your son, he's well. He's well. He's, he's healed. They probably didn't use that Christianese. Probably said, he's okay. He's not sick. He's well. 
says as he was now going down his servants met him and told him saying your son lives then he said when did it happen I've done this before when we've been praying we've been praying and, and, and we've been praying at a service or we've been praying at a prayer meeting and someone will we'll, we'll get away and the next day someone calls and says man you they're, they're okay the, the fever broke the, the, the doctor came in and said it's all good they got healed I'll always say when did it happen what time what time was it you know why that's faith that's faith that says God was on the job when he was on the job. And so this man, he, you can now tell, he's went from panic, desperation, to I believe what he said, to all of a sudden he's like, tell me, tell me what time. Yeah, I say, what time did it happen? He says, about seven, about seven, that's when it happened. He said, that was exactly the hour that the Lord spoke. He said, then he, so the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And it says, and then he believed and his whole household. That's a whole different kind of belief. Right there, we're seeing two different kinds of beliefs. The first one was panic stricken. Sir, you're a magic doctor. Help me. I believe. Then he said, your son lives. He goes, wow, you're not just a person. You're awesome. You're a savior. You're, you're almighty God. Okay, I believe what you're saying. Then he gets to the point where the miracle happens. He believes what the words of the Lord. Then he sees it. Now it says he believed. And I believe that means he became follower of Christ. He became a disciple. He became a Christian. It says, and then his whole household. You see, the greater miracle was not the son being healed. That was wonderful, perfect. But when God allows you and I to go through afflictions, troubles, trials, he's always got some other bigger plan. When there's something else, when you're going through something and you don't understand, but you're holding on, you're believing, what you end up seeing is so much greater, so much bigger than you ever dreamed or imagined. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. God has bigger plans than your testimony, than, than your prayer request. He's got bigger plans than just the miracle that you need for him to do. I believe that if we'll get this today, this will rock the boat of Stratford Heights Church of God. I believe it'll turn us upside down and there'll be a shaking such as we have never seen. If we will just get to the place where we will believe him for what he said, believe him for who he is, and believe him for what he's going to do through that situation. The miracle, it yet will speak if we will trust in the Lord. You're praying for your loved one. You don't know why you've gone through what you've gone through. You have no idea why it's been such a struggle, such a war, such a battle. Let me tell you something. Stand up today in faith and believe and know your God who is faithful. Your God who will not fail. Your God who will reach in. There is no mountain. You've heard us sing it. Too high. No wall that stands as a barricade. There is nothing that can stand 
stop the work of God. Trust and believe today that the struggle, the battle, the fight that you've been through is going to bring a miracle. But beyond that miracle is a greater good than you have ever imagined. God has got a plan and he's working and he's moving and he's doing it in his powerful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, he's a great God. Stand with me this morning. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found him, him a friend so strong and true, I could tell you how he's changed my life completely. He did something no other friend could do. If I could sing it, I'd say, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Jesus loves you, cares for you. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them is forgotten by God? but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. He loves us. Before we ever knew him, he died for us. He's got you. Someone, else, someone needs to hear that this morning. He's got you. He's got you. He's got your family. He's got your kids. He's taking care of them. You can trust, you just believe. If all you got is that you heard about it, then believe it. Get to him. And then when you've gotten a few good promises under your belt, begin to believe and, and quote those and meditate on those. Young people understand, I love seeing all you young adults and all you young people. Man, trust this thing. I'm telling you, the greatest thing we can ever do is pour this truth into you. That this is sacred, this is amazing, this is powerful. There's miracles in here that are bigger than you are. Bigger than you can even think about. God wants to bless your life, touch your life, use your life. Wants to anoint you to do mighty things. Eli, you think you're going to just go and live out your dreams in ministry. Let me tell you something. What he has planned for you is bigger than you've ever even thought about. Bigger. Believe. Believe. Follow. Trust. This man... Had he not gone through the grief he went through, would have never come to understand the grace of God. What does it say in Psalm 119? It talks about, I was glad, thank God for my afflictions. Because they work for me. A greater good, greater glory. God's got you. God's got your kids. He's got it. Believe. If you believe it, you'll see it. If you believe it, you'll see it. Now I'll say it to this side. If you believe it, you'll see it. I want to I see miracle boards go up all over this church. 
Miracles should not be the exception. They should be our everyday experience. And he's calling us to 2020 vision. Focus. He wants to do more, Sisterella. He wants to do more through what we've gone through. He wants to use it for the greater good. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you've gotten away from God. You want, you want, you want him to know you mean business today, that you want to give it all back to him. You want to get things right with the Lord. You're ready. You want to know him. You want to know him beyond stories. You want to know him for your own experience, not what somebody else has told you, not what other people have gone through. You want him for yourself. You want heaven to know, I'm coming clean. I want my life to matter. I want to give my life in every way to the Lord. If that's you today and you'd pray a prayer with us in just a few moments, I want you to slip your hand up and write back down. Is there anyone at all? God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? I want to pray, Pastor. I want things to be right with God. I want to, God bless you, sir. I want things right with Jesus. I want to know that when I leave here, man, heaven knows I'm serious. I want to be reconciled in every way. I want to, I want to confess him. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, that's good. But he says you got to confess it too. Who will who pray that prayer today? Who will confess with a hand uplifted and say, I want to get things right with God? All right, these hands that have lifted up, that God bless you. I see another one. God bless you. We're going to pray a prayer. That, like I say, and I say it often because it's so important. It's not the prayer. It's not the words. But when it comes from your heart before the Lord, angels dance and cheer. When you accept him in your life as Lord and Savior, you know he's the son of God and you are ready to believe it with all of your heart. Then you see it. It's salvation. So we're going to pray that prayer as we do right now. We're going to ask the church to join us in this prayer together. Let's all pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Accept you as my Savior. I declare you are Lord. You're the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You walked out of that tomb. Now be Lord of my life. I give you everything. I believe in my heart. I confess you with my mouth. So according to your word, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven. Be with me and strengthen me. Help me to be discipled until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I want to encourage you to go by the, the small groups table out there today. I want you to, to talk with someone there. If you don't have a Bible or if you need some instruction or help in any way, we want to help you in your walk with Jesus. Also want to remind you, um, what? Oh, if you prayed that prayer, we've got this has been new for the last couple of Sundays and I never can see it. If, you're, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, send a text to this number. That'll put you in contact with one of us, uh, one of the pastors, and we'll be able to minister to you and help you 
in your new walk with Jesus. Also, I wanted to briefly mention, they, they said there was two classes coming up. I encourage you to, 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 to look at those classes and to be a part of signing up and be, being there if you can. Especially, wanted to talk with you a little bit about the way of the master because the church of God, our general overseer, has asked all of our churches to focus on evangelism. And so, uh, Brother Woody Lynch has been working together uh, with our, our pastoral staff and he said there he is Woody wave at everybody he's standing beside the door there I want I want you to, to consider really looking at that material and joining this eight week class he'll be starting on Thursday nights it's a book that it's a series it's a program really that it's very intense it's not for the lighthearted, but it will help you to understand how to share your testimony how to share your faith how to help win people to Christ if you have always wondered and Peggy mentioned this earlier. Some folks deal with not knowing what to say or how to say, uh, you know, when they want to share their testimony or share Christ with someone. This is all about that. And it will help you in a million ways to be able to share your faith. So I encourage you to go out to the table. I think you're at a table out there today, aren't you? And you can uh, check that out, ask questions, and look at the material. So I thank you. God bless you. Tonight's the mix. I hear Austin Lewis is going to be speaking. So we're proud of him. And so that's uh, what's going to be happening. God bless you. Let's pray together our prayer of dismissal. Father, as we come to you, Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for the way that you moved in our service today. I thank you that people's lives have been touched and changed. And people have been healed. They've been reconciled to you, made decisions for you. I pray that you will empower us this week to walk in faith and confidence. Lord, from Monday night to celebrate recovery to the youth on Tuesday, Wednesday night, our Bible study and classes all throughout the, the building on Thursday, Esperanza, our Hispanic ministry, and so many of the small groups that meet on that night. I just pray that you'll take this week and may it be valuable for the kingdom of God as we desire to disciple our people. We honor you today and we thank you for your love and your kindness and goodness to us. Bless your people. Keep your hand on them for safety. Travel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you today.